Good morning. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Sane. I'm your host, Nicole. Today, we're going to talk about comparing children. The dangerous cycle we get into when we compare children, the damage we do to children, and even as important as that, the damage we do to our relationship with the children. It is important that we remember children are eventually going to grow up to be adults and they learn what they live. If we start comparing them to the neighbor's kids, our siblings' kids, other kids in their class, and even worse yet, our other children, we run the danger of ruining their self-confidence, their ability to find their uniqueness, uh, something positive, and our relationship with the children because they learn to feel like they aren't good enough, that they don't measure up. And so when I see or hear parents comparing children, I'm remembered of the trap that we fall into, um, the, uh, the danger that you know we feel like we need to measure up or our kids have to measure up or we have to be the best or our kids have to be the best. And children who are compared and measured against other children grow up to be adults who feel like they are now needing to be compared and measured against other adults. So when you run into adults in their 40s and 50s who have uh, insecurity issues or self-esteem issues or really just don't feel like they measure up or they're good enough, you have to stop and wonder what happened in your childhood. And you're probably going to find that in their childhood, they didn't measure up. They didn't reach the milestones at the exact same time as their siblings, or they didn't um, achieve the same grades as other children in school, or they didn't get the lead in the role in the play, or they weren't the captain of the soccer team or the baseball team, or they weren't the flyer on the cheerleading team. And when you start comparing where your children rank compared to other children, you forget to appreciate all that they can do. You know, I think back to parents of children with special needs, and here their want is very simple. They just want to be accepted. They want to be appreciated for who they are and what they bring to the table. I'm sure those parents would give anything for their children to have an easier life going forward, that they would achieve the standard milestones that other children achieve, or, you know, that they would even be able to live a productive adult life, even if it's on their own. And sadly, you know, some children with different abilities don't ever have the ability to live on their own, or maybe they won't live into adulthood. But again, those parents, the bar is really just universal. They just want to be accepted. They just want to be appreciated for who they are. And by they, they mean their children. They just want their children to be loved. Just, you know, when they have a birthday party for their child and the invites go out, they just want people to come and enjoy in the celebration and have fun with children who have different abilities. Um, I remember when my daughter 
was in school and one of the coolest kids in her first grade class was a child with spina bifida and that boy nothing stopped him but aside from nothing stopping him I mean he just went and went and went Um, I learned later he went off to college alone he was not going to let his different abilities hold him back from achieving his lifelong dreams, whatever they grew to be. Um, But I I remember that kid was never without friends. I mean, he was just a cool kid to be around. He was fun. He was outgoing. And I remember kind of being in awe of his mom and dad um, because I compared myself to them. And I thought, oh my gosh, if that was me, I would have, that child would have been an only child. And here he was not an only child. He ended up having a younger brother. And I just remember thinking those parents have such strength and just, you know, they had a life they wanted to lead and they had dreams they wanted to achieve and they wanted to have more than one child. And so they did. And, um, I just remember thinking, you know, they have not set limitations on their son based on his different abilities. And I'm sure uh, just because of, you know, what we experienced with them in the first eight, nine years of their, um, his life and the time my daughter was in school with him, you know, there was no comparison of, well, little Johnny um, didn't make that milestone and therefore little Joey must be better. That was never the case. No words ever came out of their mouths to that effect. It was just appreciating each child for who they are and their uniqueness and their personality and, you know, their spunk. And I just think to myself, how many parents are missing out on that opportunity? And so my challenge to you parents is to look at your child and find all the good in them. My daughter is one of those that really never excelled academically. Uh, You know, it was a late, late, late diagnosis when we found out she had what's called executive function disorder. And I always knew there was something quote unquote wrong. I just never knew what it was. And that's, uh, we've learned that that is typically diagnosed um, by experienced teachers. Um, because they're the first to notice all of the signs. And uh, to get an, a true diagnosis, you do have to see a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, but, the, you know, the hints and all the clues are usually first noticed by teachers. And although my daughter's teachers were fantastic her whole life, um, she had a first-year teacher every year until seventh grade. I mean, the chances of that happening are slim to none, and here she is. So the poor girl was, you know, missing, um, you know, she was the child that was falling through the cracks because she's an only child, so we didn't have any point of reference. Uh, We didn't know, you know, that she was not doing things that she should be able to do uh, because, again, we were just, this is who she was. Um, and then all every year, a first year teacher. And so, you know, they bring so much to the table, but experience has a lot of value. And that's one thing they didn't bring to the table was experience. And so they were excited to be teachers and excited to, 
you know, mold and shape young people, which is wonderful and fantastic. But that experience that they were missing meant that they didn't notice that there was something wrong with this situation. And so by the time our daughter was diagnosed, she was in high school. So, you know, you can imagine at this point, you know, she's feeling pretty vulnerable. Uh, She had struggled all the way through. I mean, it was just a a battle to get her through school. And uh, the temptation to compare her to other kids in her class um, was there. Uh, The only reason we didn't fall into that trap is because we couldn't win. Uh, There was no comparison where she ever came out on top. Uh, academically speaking. But, you know, the person she was, who she is, um, you know, I've never um, had a moment where I wasn't proud of her for growing into someone with such a big heart. And she's always had a big heart. And I remember, you know, when she was, uh, I think, second grade, she ended up volunteering her summer there was a camp uh, for special needs kids, and they had assistance. And so she volunteered her summer. Even though she was very young, she was very mature in her her, her spirit. She was always like an old lady. And um, she was very serious, took her job very serious. And I was packing her lunch one time, and I went to make her peanut butter and jelly. And she says, oh, I can't have that. You can send just jelly, no peanut butter. I said, you don't want any peanut butter? She goes, well, there's children who are allergic to peanut oil, and so I can't have that, or I might risk transferring peanut oil to them. And she was very serious about her job. The sacrifice was worth it for her for somebody else's health and safety, and I thought, well, okay then. And then she would come home from quote-unquote work upset because some other parent had sent a peanut butter sandwich you know, for their child. And I'm like, well, you know, that happens. This is a normal kid meal. She goes, but there's kids who are allergic, like sacrifice for the greater good. This is something a second grader was saying. I'm like, okay, then there you go. And so, you know, she's, that big heart has carried her through. So when you look at comparing children, you know, the typical sport comparisons or academic comparisons, you know, our daughter was never going to be the winner in those categories. She was average at sports and she struggled through school. But when you compare the um, things that matter into adulthood, the quality of the person, you know, she was always going to shine. But by the time you recognize those are the areas where she's going to shine, you also recognize um, that every child doesn't have the same opportunities or the same um, desires in life and there's nothing wrong with kids who really are just extra studious or extra sporty and maybe they don't have the desire to feed the homeless or to work at a you know camp for special needs kids or you know to be in the scouts or whatever and so that's the danger of comparing children you're not comparing apples to apples Um, you're just comparing you know, my second grader to your second grader, but they're not the same people. They're not the same person. They don't have the same aptitudes in life. And so I'm challenging parents, stop comparing children. Most importantly, stop comparing your children to each other and start looking at all the good 
in your kids and all that they bring to your life and the joy they bring to your life, even if they have different abilities or even if they struggle their way through school, you know, especially those kids who are so troubled that they are discipline issues. Those kids are crying for acceptance. They're trying hard. And if they're not going to be accepted by you, they're going to be accepted by peers. And so it's up to you. Do you really want them in that flock of birds that are spending their time in juvie and in school suspension or out of school suspension? Or do you really want them to be accepted by their family, uh, your friends, your neighbors, your church, your whatever, um, you know, civic organization you belong to? You know, that's what kids need. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be appreciated for themselves. They don't want to hear about how their younger or older sibling did things so much better or differently or had achieved so much. They're happy for their sibling that they got those things, but there's nothing wrong with who they are as well. They're going to come into their own in their own time. And the same for, you know, comparing kids within the schools. You're not only teaching children how to judge other children, but you're teaching them that you're judging them. And so if they don't meet your standard, then they fear they won't be loved, they won't be accepted, that they're not good enough. And that breeds insecurity instead of lifting them up and empowering them to do more and be more and be all that they can be. You have basically said, you can't meet my standard. And so they're going to give up. They're going to quit. And if you don't want uh, to raise a quitter and you don't want to raise a victim, then you need to be speaking positivity and encouragement into their life. And that starts at home. So that's my challenge to you. As you go through the next uh, couple days, I want you to take a look around and do an analysis of yourself and see if there's areas where you need to be improving. Change your life. And when you change your life, you will change the life of those around you. Make today so awesome that tomorrow gets jealous. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're on all the social medias, 15 Minutes of Sane, or you can find us at 15minutesofsane.net or 15minutesofsane.org. Bye-bye.